Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. LeBron James and Anthony Davis might be back for Friday night's game. Will it be enough to get the Lakers in the play-in? That's next on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. And sometimes on weekends, we get this thing up as bright and early as we possibly can for you, no matter how you get your podcasts, where you get your podcasts. And Andy, always free. Free Indeed. for the listener. Yep. Uh, and for the viewer on Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Uh, we don't truck with no paywalls. That's right. We don't truck with that. Um, we will get to a potentially interesting dynamic, uh, about the, the next Lakers head coach, uh, Andy, if you are willing to yes, and with me through a scenario in which Frank Vogel does not return to the Lakers next year, see if you can work with me there for I'll the, play along. the show, please. Um, Hey, it's April fool's day, Andy. Uh, what if we learn on Friday as LeBron James and Anthony Davis, supposedly miraculously returned from their uh, in respective injuries and the Lakers are struggling to make in the play. What if this was all just an elaborate ruse, uh, a season-long Fool, April Fool's Day joke that uh, now the Lakers turn things around, they start playing great basketball and roll into the first round against Phoenix after sweeping the play-in. What say you? There are not enough hands <laughs> with enough middle fingers <laughs> on this planet for me to point in the Lakers' direction. But just let me just say on behalf of all Laker fans, were this the scenario and this was something orchestrated from high up, I guess, where, where they just were going to have this elaborate scheme to put everybody through misery leading up to this point where it was apparently all a joke? Bleep you. Like, I mean, that is honestly... I, that's the dumbest joke I've ever heard. Like Russ no... goes for 40, 20, and 20 over the last six. The other guys are awesome. Kendrick Nunn appears out of the tunnel like Willis Reed and just puts up huge numbers for the rest of the year. It's the dumbest joke I've ever heard. Like There's no payoff. There's no punchline. It doesn't make sense. There's nothing funny about it. And you know what? They didn't even spend this whole season making it weird and bizarre and to screw with our heads enough that you could find some type of entertainment value because this has all been decidedly not entertaining. That's like true. if this if this was an attempt at some type of like long form Sasha Baron Cohen esque I don't know <laughs> skit performance let me just say, art. If, it's performance I, art. Right. Let, let me just say if I may paraphrase a, a famous line, Brian, Genie Bus. I've watched Sasha Baron Cohen. I knew Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen was a friend of mine. <laughs> Jeannie Buss, you're no Sasha Baron Cohen. That sounds like a Linda Rambus joke, if anything, I'll tell you. Um, so, uh, I don't know, Dwight is like, I think, 7 of 11 now from three-point range. That's kind of funny. I That's was weird. Okay. You he, wanted this, weirdness, Andy. That's weird. Yeah, Dwight in this game. And and we, we should know, the Lakers lost 122-109 oh, yeah. right. to the Jazz in Utah <laughs> in a game that, honestly, they played really respectful. They played fine. Like, th There's th nothing this wrong with it. This was a respectable showing by the Lakers. Russ had a solid game. Um, and Dwight Howard, 21 points, 9 of 13 from the field, including 
a corner three and the next possession he ended up getting an and one with a with a putback layup off an offensive rebound and obviously it was the right play and Dwight did the right thing and he ended up converting the free throw but I'm not gonna lie I was disappointed that he didn't dribble that offensive rebound out to the other corner for a heat check mm-hmm. <laughs> like I really wanted to see Dwight do that he admitted to after the game Brian for for We've heard this a lot of times, like either on Twitter at Can Brothers or in the comments section for the Locked On Lakers YouTube channel, which everybody should be subscribing to. Whenever Dwight has a good game, and this was one of them for sure, mm-hmm. Dwight for sure. was arguably the best Laker on the court tonight. People wonder why he does not play more, why his playing time is more sporadic, all that. Dwight conceded after the game. Yeah, I'm pretty beat. <laughs> like this, is, thirty minutes is a lot. It's a lot. Now. Like it's like somebody I forget who it was, and and I'm not trying to call people out on Twitter for this, but like you know, why does Frank? The question was why does Frank Vogel seem to pull Dwight every time he gets hot? And the answer is because he can't play that many minutes. Like definitionally, it doesn't. If Dwight hits his first eight shots of the game and is flying up and down the court like Giannis. You still have to take him out after that because he's thirty whatever years old, and he he's not going to last through the entire game. Um, and so, like, there's just a, a natural limit to that. And then people were up. We're just in an upset season because people were mad on Twitter too that the Lakers were. Uh, and by the way, tweet us at Cam Brothers throughout the game. We try to respond to people as much as we can. Um, people were upset that the Lakers only had Trevor Ariza and Carmelo Anthony as backup centers. You know, they let DJ go. One person said they let DeAndre Jordan go to sign DJ Augustine. And it's like, wait, are we living now again in a world where people want DeAndre Jordan on the floor? Pick a lane, people. Well, the other thing, too, a reason that Vogel was playing Carmelo Anthony and or Trevor Ariza ostensibly as that backup five in pockets of this game is because Dwight, I guess, his other... I mean, his backup is really non-existent. They don't have a backup. They so don't have Dwight, one, right? Dwight because is, because Andy, they let DeAndre Jordan just walk. They just they just released right. him, Andy. They could still have him. The other thing, though, is in theory, Wenyan Gabriel is Dwight's backup. If it's not Carmelo, if it's not uh, mm-hmm. Trevor Ariza, when Anthony, De- you know, AD's out, LeBron's out, whatever. Wenyan Gabriel had five fouls in eleven minutes. In eleven <laughs> like, minutes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He reverted back to what has been a uh, problematic form for Wenyan Gabriel, which is intense foul trouble. Yeah, he, I mean, really, he's look, a more athletic Travis Knight when it comes yeah, to picking up fouls. in some ways, when it comes to fouls. And, like, you look at this game, and Stanley Johnson gave him two points. Trevor Reza gave him six. Wenyan Gabriel had five fouls in 11 minutes. Austin Reeves only had three points. Uh, THT, who I still don't think is particularly healthy, had 11, uh, but could only play 22 minutes. It's just the, the talent deficit was once again very large in this game. And so, despite the fact that Utah came into the game playing not very well uh, as a team, it lost a, you know, I forget out of their last 10, but I think they'd lost five in a row. They just lost uh, to the Clippers. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's, it was, yeah, five straight losses for Utah coming into the game on Thursday. None of that matters. And, you know, the Lakers, 
said afterwards they thought they played a um, at the very least significantly harder than they did on Tuesday against Dallas. They were executing much better. I they, I, they, I think that's what it was. They, I think they played I didn't better. think because I didn't think they did, they didn't play hard enough on Tuesday. I just didn't think they played well. They played better and hard on yeah. Thursday. Yeah, I mean, however you want to put this, however however you want to frame it, they they really put up a respectable showing in this game when you consider the context. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully. We will see LeBron and AD on Friday. Ooh. There have been multiple reports that there is optimism brewing that they could end up playing in this game on Friday against the Pelicans at the Crypt, which I think it goes without saying this game is incredibly important. All of them are, but starting with this one with the Pelicans, you know, a team that they are behind right now they're behind san antonio but they're behind the pelicans as well they're just behind they're behind pretty much everyone they're just behind if if they want to give themselves an even semi-realistic chance to secure play-in viability and then try to create the mother of all historic runs through the playoffs they got to get these dudes back they got to get them back yeah and uh i mean i i look i we had that debate uh, earlier in the week on, you know, what are they playing for? Should they be playing? And is it worth it to try to make the play-in game? And, you know, aside from the the uh, only somewhat tongue-in-cheek uh, feeling on my part that there's no way the Lakers should be allowed to pack it in if I've had to sit through whatever it is, 76 of these games. <laughs> like, no, they need to go out there and keep trying to play. And if it means being humiliated in New Orleans in some sort of play-in game on national television, so be it. That's the bed that they made. Um, but also, too, it's like you, you you heard Robert Ori talk about it on the, uh, the, the post-game show on Spectrum. It's like if you can get in, everybody's zero and, you know, oh, no. And all that's and do you really believe that? Like, do you believe the Lakers? No, but you know that's the, you can't. If if there's a chance for these guys to get themselves into the the play in, and it's not going to cause lasting damage to LeBron James and Anthony Davis to do it, then I think they need to try. And I, I just I am not one of these people who believes that the Lakers should pack it in um, until there is no chance for them to get in the play in, which you know could be three games from now. I don't know. But right now, I think they got to play. Plus, LeBron's got two tenths of a point advantage over Giannis and Joel Embiid in the scoring title race. And he's got three more games to play at minimum before he qualifies. Just saying. I, and you know what? I, I want to ask you about that before we get to the, the coaching stuff, because that statement that you made there will irritate a lot of people as to whether or not LeBron should come back to try to play for that scoring title. Um, So tell me if you think that is a reasonable motivation next. Plus, we also have one more update when it comes to a certain Laker. right. And And keep forgetting that, yeah, you're right. This is important. His health status as well. But first, (laughs) locked on first before the first, locked on Easy to forget. In fairness, easy to forget. Yes. Uh, Brought to you by BetOnline. We are... Near the end of college basketball's big tournament, and for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline Mm -hmm. is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite 
Vegas casino game. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the games start. As Andy mentioned, uh, it was reported actually on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, by by uh, Chris Haynes of, of, of Yahoo. Kendrick known us out for the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it is expected. His sources have said it is expected. There's been no official word. That's right. The Lakers haven't the Lakers. said anything. This is sources. The Lakers are still mum on, on the return of none. <laughs> Real quick before we get to this question, Brian, of LeBron and the scoring title. I mentioned this earlier in the season that it felt like it was heading this way. And here we are now, and I think it's now safe to say this that Kendrick Nunn felt like the new Aaron McKee. And for those who don't remember, uh, Brian and I, our first season covering the Lakers was the 2005-2006 season, uh, Phil's first year back, the first of the Kobe uh, smush Kwame years when Kobe, uh, Kobe's 2006 season, 35 points per game. But that back when smush seemed like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, well, people forget he actually did for a while he was a great no, he story was. until he wasn't it got less fresh as it went along <laughs> yes. he drove the smush collade <laughs> his tricked out escalade that was called the smush collade we're not making a joke this is no true. that's what he called it <laughs> they did a special on the smush collade on i believe fox sports west but anyway the the lakers had earmarked a portion of their mid-level exception for either aaron mckee or Derek anderson and they eventually chose McKee in what I wrote up was steadfastly the right decision. I thought he was a better fit than Derek Anderson. And also because Derek Anderson got hurt so often, McKee felt like a more just sensible fit. Turned out the correct answer was don't sign either. Either, yeah. Aaron McKee, during his first season with the Lakers, <laughs> Brian averaged in 14 games, 0.5 points per game, shooting a robust 25% from the field. He averaged 2.1 points per game for 36 minutes. The following season, in the only 10 games he played, because McKee was injured constantly, he at least averaged two points per game as opposed to for 36. Half, half a point, right. I, and look, to be fair to McKee, he was a really good dude. He was a great mentor to younger guys like Turioff, who Roney told us on multiple occasions, he really looked up sure. to him. But in terms okay. of... And, and his contract ended up pivotal because it got tossed into the Gasol deal. But all that said, I did not think the Lakers could possibly end up with a worse mid-level exception <laughs> signing. Damn, Kendrick Nunn has made this a real thing. Yeah, it's it crazy. I feel terrible for him. Based on the uh, the conversation, oh, right? And look, Kendrick Nunn returning next year, hopefully healthy. Actually, because look, he is going to opt in to that five million. Actually, could be an important thing for the Lakers because oh, yeah. it's like they're not gonna they're not gonna have access to sign a whole lot of people better than what theoretically he could be. And, it, I, and he's I not terrible. he did not do this on purpose. No, and look, Nunn, I think went into this thing expecting to have a good season and opt out of this. Mm -hmm. So I feel bad for him. Like this, this has been, if nothing else, a potential financial hit for him beyond, you know, the frustration of not playing this year. I feel terrible for Kendrick, but it really does feel like Aaron McKee all over again. And I didn't think that was possible. We'll see if uh, the Lakers brand trust can flip him for Pau Gasol uh, <laughs> this offseason. <laughs> uh, based on uh, Thursday's episode of Locked on Lakers, I would not cross that off the list of mm. of put uh, of eventualities um 
right. I, you mentioned that Le, LeBron has a little bit of work to do to qualify to win a scoring title. Uh, some people would look at him coming back and playing in those games as selfish. Uh, Andy, do you think, let's just say LeBron knew that there was a 0% chance or that they could he could elevate the Lakers into a play-in or anything like that and was coming back purely to get a scoring title. Like, that's it. Bleep the team, I don't care. I just want a scoring title. Is that okay? Is he playing any different than he normally would? Nope. Just playing like LeBron. But really, deep down in his in his soul of souls, the reason he wants to come back is to win a scoring title. My only reservation about this, my only objection would be, as we've discussed on a few occasions and most recently earlier in the week, I have concerns about there being you know, a capped reservoir of LeBron juice at this stage of his <laughs> right. career. Um, you know, the mileage and how it long is, he's It been. is officially zero sum. There, yeah. There's a limited I, amount of LeBron. I firmly believe that. I, I'm sure LeBron would dispute this. He would tell me that I'm, I'm an idiot, that he knows his body better than anybody else. That being said, the last couple seasons, and frankly, the three of the four he's been here, gives me pause that, I may be right. That being said, though, in terms of LeBron's motivation, no, it doesn't bother me. I, I, we, we live in a weird place now where, like, we only judge sort of Stuff people like by this like matters. And getting a scoring title at his age would be incredibly yes. impressive. We only judge things purely like, like we, we judge everybody's individual accomplishments. How many all-star teams did you make? How many this? How many that? Did you win MVP? Like, you know, all this stuff. But are strangely precious about people being, wanting personal goals, wanting personal records. Like, it's, a, it's always been a very strange kind of juxtaposition to me how we do that. Like you said, LeBron James winning a scoring title at 37 is he 37 he's 37 now yeah um would be shocking in terms of what that means i don't you know but he doesn't play defense whatever to do that in his not winning a defense title he's winning a scoring (laughs) title (laughs) i mean he's he's gonna you know like look if he's if we give him dpoy votes that's different that's a damn outrage. <laughs> it would. That, that is ridiculous. <laughs> That's outrageous. <laughs> um, not that he can't turn it up sometimes, but he's not a DPOY. No. But like, it's I not, you, know, you could tell that was something that bugged him when he, you know, when when he was talking about that on his show, um, the idea that he's never considered one of the great scorers, and I think it's partially because for all of his accolades, he's only won one scoring title, mm-hmm. and I think to drive that point home. I'm I'm willing to give LeBron a little leeway here to be a little bit selfish, um, if you consider that to be selfish. As long as he's not like leaping in front of people who are about to take open shots, stealing the ball and laying it in himself. You know, I mean, if he's just playing like LeBron, go win a scoring title, dude. Well, I mean, we've also seen evidence that whether the Lakers win or not, and more often it has been not. They have no chance unless LeBron puts up scoring title numbers anyway. So unless he is passing up open guys, you know, with really good looks in order to take like contested, double covered, you know, fadeaway (laughs) jumper shots. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, which again, I'm talking about LeBron playing completely out of character because the one thing you can't say about him is that he doesn't involve other guys. 
I don't even know if we'll know the difference. <laughs> so again, unless he unless he knows, all right, I'm I'm tapping the reservoir in a way that could come back to bite me next season or however much longer I play with the Lakers. But I want that <laughs> our nation's title. our nation's strategic LeBron reserves. Yes, basically. Yes, yes exactly. He he is uh, basketball oil right now. <laughs> like unless in, in something like that, then. No, I don't have a problem. I don't know if we'll know the difference. Yeah, I just, I just feel like as a, as a, as a sports society, we need to kind of figure this out. Like, you know, this whole thing about like, is it are guys allowed to try to get individual accomplishments in team sports? Uh, we need to do better. Um, okay, so Andy uh, mentioned earlier in the show that uh, the Lakers may, in fact, be making a coaching change this off season again. I just need you to entertain the hypothetical. Is it possible that the guy who would replace him was on the opposite sideline in Utah on Thursday? We'll talk about that next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. Eating smart but enjoying it has never tasted better because you can treat yourself without feeling guilty with Built Bars. If you've not tried the Puffs, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bar. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow fluffy marshmallow but not just a protein bar they are a treat covered in 100 real chocolate they got great flavors like cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie all of them are going to feel like your favorites and unlike a candy bar which is usually like two to three hundred calories worth of just empty nonsense most built bars they're just 130 calories only four grams of sugar four net carbs but 17 grams of protein and that's the good stuff so go to built.com use the promo code Locked 15, get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at built.com. That was probably our most professional read in, in a little while. That was that was really well done. I like Thank that. You. Thank you. Um so Quinn Snyder. Uh there are a lot of a lot of time on 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 uh David Locke show, the Locked On Jazz show. They 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 talk about Quinn Snyder's future. Mm -hmm. Um, he is believed to be on the hot seat. Um if the Jazz don't advance in the playoffs this year. They, they're a one-and-done team this year. I know Utah winning on Thursday night, it, it gives them 46 wins for the season. Um, but they have been kind of here for the last three or so years and feel like they might be a little bit stuck. And there are a lot of people who believe that Snyder will be a, a free agent himself if the Jazz don't advance. Um, he would be, I think, Andy one of the most sought after coaches available um probably the biggest name uh, on the on the market i can't think of anybody out you know just off the top of my head who would be a bigger name that would be available than quinn snyder there's nobody that you hear about potentially losing their job you know like frank vogel tom thibodeau there's been talk about that with the knicks I have not heard anybody that I think would attract even close to the amount of attention and suitors than Quinn Snyder. I mean, I think he'd be the hottest name on the market, and it's probably not even close. 368, 262 is his record for the career. The Jazz uh, have won no fewer than um, 44 games uh, in his tenure. And keep in mind, you know, 44 games in a 72 game season. Um, and in 82 games, you know, in his last, eight, you know, 82 game seasons. He's been around 50 wins every year. Um, former Laker assistant for people who may forget. Yeah, that's right. So there's a Laker connection there. Yeah. 
Um, he was on Mike Brown's staff, correct? I believe so. So assuming the Lakers fire Frank Vogel, there will be a ton of speculation as to whether or not the Lakers would go out and get Quinn Snyder. What's interesting to me about yeah, Mark this, Stein, by the way, just so people know, we're not. This is not us just no, supposing. It's, right. uh, Mark Stein, a longtime veteran NBA writer on his Substack, reading quote: "I've likewise heard Snyder's name posed as a probable Lakers candidate should the Lakers and Frank Vogel part ways." Um, he also noted that uh, Snyder could actually be targeted maybe as a successor to Pop uh, in mm-hmm. San Antonio. Um, Pop right now is, you know, obviously reached the all-time winning coaching mark. He's going to be retiring at some point, but in any event, he's been linked to the Lakers, I think, by a lot of people. So what's interesting to me about this isn't, is Quinn Snyder the right coach for the Lakers? Um, Because that's a, that's a difficult question to answer for a lot of reasons. Um, But one, you know, you you got personnel and all these other things are relevant to that. Um, and it's also a question that, that you know, we'll have a lot more time to answer in the offseason when other candidates become clear and whatever. The more interesting question to me, Andy, and it's related, I think, in some to the to the conversation that we had with Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report on Thursday's show, which, by the way, is a great show. If you missed it, you really ought to go back and listen to it if you want a great breakdown of how the Lakers got to this place yeah. uh, this season. It, do you think the Lakers would do what is required to get a premier, whether you think he's in that group or not, he would be categorized there and would expect to be paid that way and all this other stuff. Do you think they would do what it takes to get a premier head coach? I don't know. I'm not confident that they would. I I would be lying, Brian, if I said that I was confident that they would, in part because, and this is something that stretches back before this current regime, but uh, in terms of the the people running the front office, I think this was something that went on with Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak. Basically, everything since Phil Jackson's retirement, you know, in in that time since 2011 to where we are now, they have gone from Phil retiring to Mike Brown to Mike D'Antoni to Byron Scott to Luke Walton to Frank Vogel to expected to both of us TBD. And the only thing those men have in common is that they have nothing in common. Like there is no through line between all of those guys that I mentioned that you can point at and say, okay, yeah, this is what you can clearly see the Lakers are looking for in a coach. And then when you look at Frank Vogel and the hiring process for him, you know, they went to Ty Lue first and Monty Williams, but Ty Lue seemed like the obvious choice to bring in there. He's somebody with Laker ties. He was a member of two championship teams. He is an extremely well-respected coach. He has a great relationship with LeBron. He's somebody that they know. You and I both lobbied at the time, like, no-brainer, bring in Ty Lue. And it became really clear during the negotiations that they were really meeting with him to ultimately, if nothing else, flirt with him saying no. And we know this because they well, I was about to say, it's not that they were that, that people didn't think it was going to happen. They had a cake. I mean, like right. Ty Lu had a welcome tie cake. Right. I mean, like he was ready to go. But they offered him a deal that was only three years tied very transparently to the length of LeBron's deal. And this was something uh, our friend Owen Yomansuk at uh, ESPN 
wrote a really good piece people can check out. It came out about a week ago about just the coach that Ty Lue has emerged into. And he is considered one of the best in the league, rightly. And he talked about the, that hiring process. And he said, quote, LeBron's been in the league, what, 18 years? He won four championships. So that don't mean you're automatically going to win because you have LeBron. So I do coach with a chip on my shoulder because, like people say, oh, he can't do it without LeBron. He can't. The job I've been able to do with the team now, like Spo was the same way in Miami. He was talking about just coming into his own, being less connected directly to LeBron. It's also made me want to be better because not having LeBron, now I've got to show people I know my stuff. Like I can really coach. Like I still got to get a lot better. But I just want to prove to people that I can coach. And the Lakers doing something like that in this negotiating process where it was so clear we see you as LeBron's guy. Just like when they hired Byron Scott. Byron Scott was very much there to be Kobe's guy for the last two years of Kobe's career. That's insulting to somebody well, it's, like it's, it's a couple things. It's it's the lack of length of the contract for a guy who had won a title. And, you know, even if you, you know, there, that that is a thing that generally, unless you're the Lakers, teams respect and will kind of pay for it. Like there are very few coaches who are in the league who have won titles. It's a shorter deal than Luke Walton got. And Ty Lue was a more accomplished coach than Luke Walton. Yes. But not only that, they also were reportedly trying to prescribe the coaches that could be and would be on Lou's staff, not letting him have the autonomy to pick his own staff. Now, you can pull that off with Frank Vogel, who had just gotten fired by Orlando and, you know, was out of the kind of out of the league uh, at that point and, you know, he had very little leverage to get back in. But to do it to Ty Lue at the time, or to Monty Williams. Or to Monty Williams was down. insulting. And it was, I said it at the time that it was insulting. And he said it at the time it was insulting. <laughs> and it, it it makes me wonder, do would they value, if they decided Quinn Snyder was their guy, do they value him enough to not nickel and dime on that stuff, to not think that they are smarter in the front office, to not think that they can tell him uh, what to do I, I don't know. I mean, in some senses, you know, they've gone after the big name. Mike D'Antoni, you know, instead of Phil Jackson, we, you know, there was a contrast there. Yeah, but Mike D'Antoni was still a splashy hire. Um, it was just a you know unexpected one in that sense. You know, Luke Walton was a guy who was considered to be a splashy hire. Like, they fired Byron. I flat out asked Mitch Kupchak, did you let Byron go, like, faster because you were worried Luke wouldn't be available if you waited another week. He said, yeah. yes. Yep. And so like, they thought they were getting the next up and coming coach. It's like, it, and to your right, like they, they don't, they've never picked the lane. You know, Byron Scott was clearly a caretaker coach and you know, Mike Brown had binders. <laughs> I, I just, I think they devalue. They've shown that they devalue everything that is in a star. Yeah. They devalue um, supporting players. Uh, they devalue the middle class of their roster. They devalue head coaches. Not even I'm not even talking about like Frank Vogel deserved three more years so he because he won a title. I just mean there's a different context to a coach that has a long term contract that has the backing of the organization and all of that stuff where you're not sitting there speculating on their future for every five minutes. And 
the Lakers have undercut Vogel by how they've treated him over the last year and a half. Would they do that to Quinn Snyder? That shows that they they devalue what the coach represents on your team. It's not about Frank Vogel per se. It's about what does your coach represent? And they devalue it. And so I agree with you. I don't know if they would go out and give Quinn Snyder or someone at his level the autonomy to do what he would want to do. Look, if if it turns out we're wrong, I will I hope I'm wrong. I, hope. I will happily, happily own it because that's good. I am absolutely I am more, I am more than thrilled to end up wrong with this. You you can at me. Seriously. Yeah, it's not even like I, oh, I don't think I, I just don't know. I should know the answer to that question. I should the answer should be right. Yeah, obviously, if Quinn Snyder wants to pick a staff and the you know, of course they'll pay Quinn Snyder and give him a fifth year and guarantee a contract where you know because he's the best coach available and they're the Lakers and maybe they will and maybe they will the fact the, the issue isn't that I don't think they'll do that the answer is I don't know and that's disturbing I should know the answer to that question the answer should be an obvious unqualified of course they will but I don't know um all right Andy so we'll see what happens on Friday big game April Fool's Day yeah season new season starts on Friday <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're so trying not to flick off the cameras on your, on your, uh, we're not allowed to do that sort of thing. No, you're really not. Um, all right. And then, uh, uh, yeah, hopefully things turn around. We'll see how they get there. They're once again behind San Antonio, but maybe after they'll head into the weekend ahead of them. We don't know. Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. See everyone on, uh, Monday. <laughs>